Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. Whether you're watching live here on YouTube or listening to the audio stream, it's great to have everyone with us today. As always, I'm joined by Everett DeLorme of Volleyball Source. Everett, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Just give me two seconds here to uh, adjust the audio real quick. All right. While you're doing that, I'll do a bit of an introduction here. Today's episode, you know, that's better. Okay. We missed last week. I was on vacation. We did the 9 by 9 on Tuesday. Check that out if you haven't watched it yet. But today we're going to go over the week's games, including Italian League Game 2, Lube versus Perugia. Plusliga, Zaxa versus Yastreb Shivegil, Game 1, and also a little bit of the Turkish League, because I watched the Turkish final game yesterday, so might as well talk about it. Everett, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, pretty good. I'm stoked to be here to talk about, about these matches. been pretty busy the past couple of days, so glad to have a, a day off to talk about some ball um looks like man this italian these italian league playoffs have been absolutely insane we've seen teams flip-flop so much kind of all all, all over the place like we've seen good versions of lube and bad versions of lube we've seen good versions of perugia and bad versions of perugia same thing with mona and, and, and trentino right but you know i was definitely expecting a little bit more pushback maybe from Perugia so far in this series. We saw the reverse sweep in game one by Lube. Game two was just a straight up sweep by Lube. Um, the first two sets were, were pretty competitive. Third one, not so much, but it was Lube all the way. And uh, they are one game away from, from taking the Scudetto uh, championship, Dan. Is that is that surprising to you? Well, I mean, maybe given the context, yes. Okay, because it was what? 10 days ago where maybe two weeks ago where Lube was down two nothing on Trentino after losing six sets in a row in pretty aggressive fashion. And here yeah. we are like barely any time has passed. And here we are, you know, basically almost crowning Lube having crushed Perugia once again. Like, I mean, it's crazy how things turn in volleyball and credit to Lube for coming back. Not, you know, not getting rattled, not getting too down, being down to Trentino. And, and, you know, it seemed like on our podcast and a lot of people were talking about, you know, Trent, I think Everett, we, we talked about it. Is Trentino the best team in volleyball? I, I, I believe you picked them at that point. Did, did you not? Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how things how things change like that. And, uh, yeah, we lots to talk about with that game today, even though it was only a three-setter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not wrong. I did pick Trentino. And I mean, at the time, they did look like the best team in volleyball. They had just come off like a uh, Champions League win over Perugia. They were two games up on on Lube. They had beaten the, both of these teams pretty handily. And then it all kind of came crashing down. But on the flip side, like as much as things just got destroyed for Trentino, this is a night and day Lube team. They've really learned how to play without, um, um, without Osman. And I know we saw him a little bit in this game, but getting subbed in for a few backcourt uh, backcourt rotation doesn't really count uh, count it for me. You know what? Watching this Lube team reminds me of uh, it kind of reminds me of watching Cuba in the 2019 Norseka Championships, where they got you know handily throttled by the USA B team in the pool play, and then almost lost to uh, Puerto Rico in the quarterfinals before going on a run 
beating Canada and the U.S. Uh, to to win the North Seca Championships that that year, and it's really by the way that Robert Land- Robert Landy Simone is dominating the match and just completely taking over. And not only is he taking over physically, but he's also taking over emotionally and mentally, right? We've talked about it at at times when Lube has been struggling about their lack of leadership, maybe on the court. And Simone has just has taken this, this team and, and, and put them on his back. Um, It's incredible to watch. Like he's doing it from the block. He's doing it from the baseline. He's doing it offensively. The biggest lead that Perugia had in the second set here was, it was a four point lead. And immediately he got that side out next play. He got a block and a couple of plays later, he got an ACE to, to, to lessen that gap. Anytime Perugia tries to make a run or, or, or tries to push things, Robert Landy Simone comes up and, 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 and makes some big plays. And to me, he's been hands down the MVP of this series and the MVP of the playoffs so far for Lube. Yeah, I mean, the, the stuff Simone is doing from the middle position right now is, is pretty unprecedented. Um, you know, if, if we look at the first match, uh, 20 points in the first match, leading score for Lube, and again, leading score again here today. So, I, I mean... It's crazy. When's the last time you've seen a middle blocker be the leading scorer and first option on offense like twice in a row? I mean, let's let, let's be clear here. Middles only play half the time on offense. Like that's 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 completely ridiculous to me. But that's I mean, it's kind of a rare territory that that Simone um, finds himself in. And because this is the five one volleyball podcast, let's let's get into the nitty gritty here, Everett. Let's get into the details. What uh what what is Simone doing that other middles aren't? Right now, it's all about how DiCecco is playing with his spacing. You're seeing him running a lot of polishes where he runs straight at the center and then moves over. His running to the gap between uh, between the right side and the, and, the, and the middle blocker right now is is bar none. I mean, a lot yes. of the credit has to go to, to, to DiCecco as well, right? Because you need to have a setter who's going to be able to find you in those gaps and, and find you in that spacing. But we're seeing an, in a front row rotation, you know, where he's coming up and he's getting first first swing and inside out every single time right like they're going to him every single time and he's terminating most of the time like we're seeing him even run like a 31 with the push so he's running his 31 and zanny's fronting him and then he pushes over to hit that that gap between uh uh and zani and and or sorry not anzani sorry richie and uh, richie and soleil and uh, gianelli it's a master class right now in offensive footwork for Simone. He's being so efficient with his, his movement and it's turning into pure power. Like it's unbelievable to watch some of the shots he's hitting right now. Like he's going, he's opening up and hitting those cross body 31 shots to the T that are just absolutely redonkulous. And he's doing it on the regular. And that is just allowing opening up and like, to to me right now, Robert Solandi, Robert Landy Simone is the, the king of volleyball, hence the name of this uh, this video. The king of volleyball. And right. we have to really start talking about him as is he the goat in terms of middles, right? I know we have Mazursky who made that that switch from middle to right side back in the 2012 Olympics, and that that's a big one. But we've never seen a pure middle like Simone, or at least in my memory, dominate dominate to see. Um, the, the way they have been so far. Yeah, and it's not like this is the first time he's doing this. I mean, this is a pretty great example, but Simon has been a huge part of, of these Lube teams, obviously, uh, part of those that legendary Sada Cruzeiro team alongside uh, Yoandi Leal. Um, he, he's been 
doing this for for quite for quite a while and with the Cuban national team a, a little bit not as much as he he should have he's only gotten the chance again recently um but yeah see, uh, like you said the footwork is amazing he uh, he almost has like a hesitation hop step jump a skip a skip jump he does and like you said he, he hits that he hits that center middle gap and he can go he can either go right straight down to the tee or he can go across i mean there's so many shots he hit and decheco is teeing it up for him perfectly okay so before we get to the goat dis discussion is decheco to simone the best setter to middle run ever it to me it's up there with 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 bruno and lucas bruno lucas and is i mean a good one too, obviously yeah. they've had so much more time playing together all of those years with brazil's how many years with Sada cruzero and, and 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 so on and so forth but i don't it has to be up there i don't know if you can call it the best of all time um mostly because of the the aforementioned pairing but man it's 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 up there and i mean we've seen it so many times like those magic days back with the two of them playing at piacenza like you knew them making making that return here here at lube has to be and i mean they just work so perfectly well together Decheco, like watching him set is is such an art form and i mean i know we get on him sometimes because maybe his effort isn't there and maybe he looks a little dumpy at times but dude's hands and dude's this is this is I've really been watching, especially like especially watching it on volumetrics from that baseline angle. You watch how Decheco's awareness is he's so aware of what's happening at all times. He's aware of who his hitters are, he's aware of who the blockers are on the other side of the net, he's aware of the spacing, right? We're seeing like watching watching Gianelli set, you know, every single time he's he's looking over his shoulders. But he's still sometimes making a bad read. He's still something sometimes making uh, another a, a bad decision. Whereas if you watch Decheco, there's none of that. He's not looking over. He just knows. It's like he has eyes on the back of his head or a sixth sense because he always has the ability to find the gap. He always knows exactly where Simone is and exactly where to, to put the ball to to be you know for Simone to be successful. And on the other side of things, Simone's footwork and his attention into detail is just increasing his power that much more he has such the ability to get into the position put himself in the position get ready his window's nice and big because of how big and, and, and strong he is and the just fires it in them because he's got probably my in my opinion the best hands of the game and so yeah like when you when you pair the awareness and the hands uh with the power and the precision of of simone it has to be that it has to be the best uh, the, the best the best uh, connection that we see right now in volleyball yeah, I think you made a good point there because maybe a, a few uh, some fans might think of Simone as you know he's a big guy he's you know he's 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 kind of like super muscular he doesn't look like he should be like a super tactical player and that you know that's a stereotype of Cuban players sometimes but Simone is really smart he's really smart in how he reads the block you know the angles that he hits. He mixes it up so much. You can you can go back and look at all the runs they did this game, and, and you probably won't find the same one twice. Like like that's also, and he combines that with obviously his athleticism. But I think that's a difference maybe between a Simone and maybe like a, a Sreko Lisinac, another guy who has like a huge amount of athleticism and still up there with the top middles in the game, but doesn't have you know the refined skill set and, and, and you know block awareness that he has. Um, so let's get back to our. Are, are is 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 Simon the best middle? So who who are our contenders here? Um, Mazursky. Mazursky. I had. I had Gustavo. Okay. I had. Yeah. I had Gianni. And then. Ooh, okay. And I had P Piotr Novakovsky. 
And then I had, and I wasn't sure which of the Serbian middle blockers to put. And I, I kind of leaning towards Pedrashnik because he has a little more on his resume, he's a little older than, than Lisinac. Uh, how's, what do you think of that shortlist? Anyone we're missing? Maybe someone who, who doesn't deserve to be there? Like, is Lucas in that conversation? Lucas, yeah, we could add Lucas as well. We could add Like, Lucas. I think he's on the shortlist. I don't think, I think, you know, like, that's just more to um, give note to Lucas than I actually say that, like, like one-on-one, -on -one, like, if I'd have to pick between Lucas and, and Simone, I'd, I'd go for Simone. Like, truly, like, and, and even then, I don't think it's that fair to guys like Gianni and, and stuff like that who played in a, in a, in a, at earlier time because the middle position has changed so much gianni's right? the tough about... one gianni's the tough one because obviously he's he's way like smaller than these guys he, he they played middle so differently back then as you know no libero so that, that he's the toughest to compare but he's also probably like the only one comparable in terms of success i would say yeah i mean to me it it, it has to go to robert landy simon like he's definitely on your starting seven all time down the middle um, just look at what he's done both on the professional level and like even at, even at the international level with the, the runs he's done with Cuba, you know, that second place of the world championships back at back in 2010, where, you know, like he was the heart and heart and soul of that team. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're probably making Ronnie's day right now. But yeah, OK, absolutely. But like for, for like me, Mazursky, is, for me, Mazursky was close, though, or, or even I think you could maybe argue with him just because, you know, he's had so much success in club every single year russia you know he's, he's won that olympic title in 2012 with i mean simon it's kind of unfair that he, that he didn't have any he had the silver at the world championship in 2010 which is a is pretty big as well uh but i don't know mazurski also was a guy who is you could run your, like maybe one of the only guys you could run your offense through at the top level and another guy who has the footwork and the block awareness and the athleticism the side like to me they're actually kind of similar players um you know obviously the is like a foot taller but <laughs> But uh, I, I don't yeah. know, Mazursky, but it's also tough because Mazursky's probably best moment of his career came playing opposite. So that's tough to. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I mean, like you could be you could give the thing being like, oh, I mean, if Mazursky was that good in the middle, they just would have fed him in the middle. But like I remember watching that 2012 final and it was really like like Russia's passing is really what helped, uh, like broke them down. Mikhailov wasn't playing well on the right. Like that was a desperation move by Alekno in that one to to take Mikhailov, put him on the left just focus on passing focus on on getting on getting the ball there but uh yeah i think mazurski is the one who's the closest but i don't think we've seen you know like even mazurski's playing in japan right now and the same thing like he's playing on the on the right side and we haven't seen mazurski dominate but even when he was playing in belgorod in in the russian league like he still had he, he still had guys around him and he wasn't the top scorer on a regular basis like like simone has been the top scorer for for lube this year bar none right and that's that's absolutely massive like it's one thing to do it over a couple of games but do it do it over the course of the entirety of a season that's insanity so simon's a leading scorer with 562 points on the season including playoffs second is lucarelli and simon has 350 less attacking attempts and is still the leading scorer 540 to 901 uh i mean like <laughs> so he's literally a middle and the leading scorer of lube which by the way might be the best team in volleyball this year. Uh, that's a, that's a, and and by, and by the way, I mean, he's thirty five. Like that's the other thing we always forget. Like I was, I I, I have to say, like I've been kind of expecting him to you know, lose a step. Uh, you know, the last few seasons, but he's he's same. He's, he's almost been getting better in in some ways. He doesn't have like the. He's probably lost a few inches on the vertical, but like like we said earlier, the the intelligence is just keeps on growing.
And like he does it everywhere. Like as I mentioned, like he does it in the block. He does it from the baseline. He like he is an a legitimate weapon from the baseline. He's gonna go go down there and punish you every single time. And it it's it it, it really is is something to watch, right? Like to, to, to steal a term from basketball, he's 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 a three level player. Like he's block, attack, and serve. That's what you do as a middle, and he has all three of those skills uh, down pat. Yeah. 100%. Simone's the GOAT. Um, on the other side, if we want to talk about Cubans who oh, aren't doing good, we have to talk about the str- the struggling Wilfredo Leon for Perugia. You know, I he know. is the quote, he's the quote unquote best player in the world. And he is very struggling. Now we are getting re- er, reports coming out of Piscini, coming out of Poland that he is playing injured right now and that it's his knee. And to me, it looks like it's his left knee. He is not explosive right now. He's not moving with the normal power that he does. It's It looks like his left knee, and it's really hurting Perugia right now. He it, like First of all, Lube is making him pass every single ball, and they're making him move laterally. They're making him move forward. They're really making him work for it, and he's struggling. He can't put up the points right now. Like How, how, many, how many points did, did he have uh, in this one? Only 12 points in this one. He was 12 for 25 attacking, which overall isn't bad. But like, like imagine if like LeBron was putting up 19 points in a game. Like that's why the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs this year, right? Like this is what's happening right now with 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 Leon, and it's it's not good for Perugia. It's it's tough though with with the injuries, right? Like uh, we we suspected, and we had like a good body language uh, analysis discussion in the Discord the other day. Um, by the way, join the Volleyball Source Discord if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, he, he, he's stepping gingerly. We saw the same thing with Namir in the Modena series. Like he, he has like the triple wrapped knee braces. Like you, you can tell, you can tell there's something going on. I'd be incredibly surprised if he plays for Poland in the VNL. He, he looks like he needs some time off. Hopefully not surgery because you know we have that World Championships small tournament that Poland's hosting this summer. Um, so I, I, yeah, it's tough to blame it. I think I think he gets a pass. I think he's a good enough player that he gets a pass for this. But if he comes back next season saying he's healthy and he, and he's still he's still like this, then yeah, okay, then we can start to worry. But but you're right. It's not maybe just this playoffs. It's kind of the whole season has has probably been his worst one since he's kind of I don't know since he joined Zenikazan at least. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, and I mean like that's all relative too because like he was one of the leading scorers of of the league and he did bring his team all the all the way to the finals and you know you you know there's all the, all these things but yeah absolutely like this is one of the worst showings that we've seen from from uh, Leon in a in a club team uniform we're not going to bring in uh, his failures with Poland last summer uh, just just yet but uh, yeah for me I think what's compounding it is. Perugia's inability to vary their offense as well and I mean I think that's maybe the downfall of having such an athletic and powerful roster throughout the entirety of the season because they didn't make the adjustment like after like we, we talked about it Lube's on, Lube's on a five game win streak after losing six straight sets in a row and that was a team that had just kind of gotten into a lazy just a normal offense and they really changed it up. They brought in some defensive intensity and, and they changed things up. Like Sebastian Soleil only got six sets over the course of, of this match. That's only two sets per match. He went, he went three for six. Um, Mangozi went, went three for three, but still you're only giving your middles. Like you're giving your middles nine attempts throughout the match. 
and the rest is just high balls. You're not switching up. You're barely running Anderson and and uh, and Leon down the pipe. Like you're really relying on Rich Lickey. You're you're giving the most attempts to uh, uh, you know an injury addled Leon. Like Gianelli has to be switching things up here and maybe this is worth seeing you know like for years he really thrived under that trentino system where you've got options everywhere and everyone knows how to pass and they all play volleyball very really well and it seems he struggled a little bit this year when when perugia's looked really good gianelli's been really good but when perugia's been bad he's also looked really bad yeah and i don't know i think okay you say you can switch up the offense but i, I just don't see where they can switch it up to necessarily okay maybe they can run a little faster but you know leon and camille definitely they don't they don't want to play fast right anderson doesn't want to play fast those, those guys aren't aren't are you know tempo players oh by the way sorry aside here tiago victor in the chat lebron averaged 30.3 points a season so maybe not the best maybe you should have done the 2011 mavs comparison that i made on the on the last episode because <laughs> lebron was pretty but, good but, this year but i mean at the same time like that's like Leon still put up numbers. Like, if, yeah. if, let me Fair let enough. me see. You research, see and I'll, I'll finish my point here. Um, but I think I think they're just. I, I think it just comes back right back to uh, Simona Tuchenko. I think Pervucci is just like frustrated, scared. Like they they're just like, wow, we we can't do anything against this right now, right? Like like, what, yeah, what was it like eleven seven for eleven in the middle for 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 uh, Perugia, but. Man, like they, those are some pretty open looks, and they—they are just—they have like Ricci is like not looking at anyone else other than Simone. Like they are—they are completely entranced by him because he's just dancing around them, going left, right, boom, ba ba. It's just crazy. Like, uh, it, it's just—it's just too much for Perugia to handle. They're completely beating them in the middle. I think the wings-wise, Perugia, you could argue, is, is playing better. I mean, look at look at what Zaitsev is doing. Look, like. Like there's nothing going on on the opposite. I think uh, five for fifteen for the opposites for uh, for Lube here. So not not great. They're barely even like running it at all. They're just that's you know our offense is Robert Landy Shimon and and okay sure you game plan for it, but that's not an offensive that's not a defensive blocking scheme that many teams are used to when you're when your middle's getting like twenty plus sets per match and you know when they have to completely adjust everything, uh, it's not working. Plus. My last one here. I mean, Perugia's not getting the aces. Like this, like like we've said, this is should be this should be an incredible serving team, and and, and they're just not getting the aces in this playoff so far. And like, it, it's just such an important part of the game for them when you have what was it two aces this match and like seventeen airs, something like that. Uh, that's that's not going to be enough to beat to beat Lube and and just even put them out of their offense. So I, I think that's the other part that I keep hammering home that the the serving needs to needs to completely turn around here for Perugia. Yeah, uh, I I don't disagree. Like the serving right now for Perugia, they're just not. Especially if Perugia is a blocking team, like you know they're what are their what is what is their team name? Like the block monsters, the block devils. Forget, the, the block yeah, devils. They're block serve the team. Block monsters. That's, that's so bad. Um, but you mentioned you know how struggling the Lube outsides are. Yeah, they're uh, they're struggling on the right side with um, with both Zaitsev and and Gabby Garcia. Gabby Garcia, you know. We'll give him a pass because he's, right, he's yeah. only coming in for short times, you know, when they're when they're getting one thing yeah, in, yeah. in there in, in the back row. But I mean, hey, on the left side of the court, Yance coming in with a 61% kill percentage, 444 efficiency. And Lucarelli is a 68% it, uh, you're right. they did uh, hit games. percentage and a 562 uh efficiency. So they're killing it on the on the left side of the court. And I mean Yant has been 
He's Absolutely nice. monstrous. Nice. And I mean, that ace on Le- Leona at the end of the set, to end that second set was it almost kind of felt like a bit of like a passing of the torch from like one, one Cuban to a, to another. And yeah, being yeah. like kind of here, Hey, I'm here, but you know, you, you, you talked about Perugia not being able to switch it up. And I kind of disagree with that. I, I think we've seen at times, like I, I think Matt Anderson really didn't have a great game in, in this one. Um, you know, when they were leading in the first set, uh, even if it was just by one or two points, it was a Matt Anderson, like two consecutive Matt Anderson errors that led to uh, Lube getting back into it. But then they made the decision to bring in Tyster Horse for, for Matt Anderson just to keep Plotnitsky to be their serving sub uh, at the end of the set. If I was Gerbich, I would just kind of blow stuff up, blow up that that traditional system they have. I would use Plotnitsky in, in place of Leon for, for some rotations. Get him in for a full rotation all the way around at some point. Let Leon rest a little bit, do okay. a little bit of load yeah. management. Give them a different look. Let him serve. Let him pass. Let him swing in the front row. He brought. The, he was a starter on this team last year that went all the way to the finals. Like we know that he can do it. We know that he's a world class level player. Give Plotnitsky, give Plotnitsky a shot because it's going to give Perugia a way different look. Tyster Hoist is not dynamic enough and not dominant enough to make an impact as his level. Like they're bringing him for bringing him in for Anderson on on the left side just just for blocking to give Anderson some rest. But you need to use Plotnitsky more than just a serving sub. And for me, that's one of the big biggest criticisms I have here uh, with with Gerbich is one, you're, they're not varying the offense, and two, they're not changing things up. I think if you have a talent like Plotnitsky on the bench who has that ability, who has that fire, and he's a passionate player, we know that. He has something to play for now, right? Too being being Ukrainian, so it's it, to, to me it like they need to switch something up, and I want to see hell. Let's start Plotnitsky. Why not? Like you're you're down 0-2. Something's got to change. Put Plotnitsky in. Put Plotnitsky in for Leon, full, like fully. Is that, is that what you're? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But Plotnitsky in for like, and not full time. Like maybe, maybe starting him is a bit much because you want to be able to put Leon back in in our stupid, stupid sub rules that we have here in volleyball. Um, but yeah, like give him a full rotation. Give him a full rotation from serve to serve because Leon's serve right now isn't good, right? So let's take off some jumps, take take off a little bit of load load on him, and allow him to thrive when when he needs to thrive. Yeah, I, I would still, I would still keep Leon into serve. I think you have, I think even if he's not serving well, I think you have to. And I think, I think the reason why they're bringing Plotnitschkin for the middles is Soleil and Ricci both are the opponents are passing over fifty percent, they're over fifty five percent on both of them throughout the playoffs so far. So I, I mean, he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? Like I totally understand the logic of your move, and I think it'd be good to get Leon some rest in the back row, and I, and I, and I think. I think Plotnitschke is a gr- especially a great backer, is actually a great attacker from pipe. Like that's one of its best uh, best assets. Um, but I mean, there's just too many too many issues going on here, and I think this is why you see probably like Flavio coming in next season as, as a pretty strong server for a middle. Like like the that reach Soleil though. Soleil has no excuses. Soleil is usually a pretty good server. He's a great. I- Soleil is really like. Like, like to me, Soleil is kind of ducking under the radar here for yes. criticism. Yes. And uh, I, I think we need to change that because like maybe you can you can agree, like you, you could argue like he should be doing better offensively. Like three for six isn't fantastic, right? If you're only going to be given six attempts throughout a match in the, in the, in the finals of, a, of the Scudetto, then do something with that. 
right? And we've seen him be a difference maker uh, in before, but we haven't seen a di- haven't seen him be a difference maker so far in this series. Yeah, I, I think he's just lost a step. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's he's just a bit slow. He's he's definitely not at the level of, of Shimon. I think that matchup's messing with his head. Um, we'll see though. Anything else? that think Perugia can do to get back in this series or anything you want to talk about before we go on to uh, go on to Poland here. I'm interested to see if Perugia could answer like Lube did in the semifinals against Trentino. Um, because this is very much giving me the same vibes of Lube in the semifinals. Lube looked, they, they looked down, they looked out, they looked uh, unmotivated. They looked like they were struggling with the pace of, of Trentino. And they were able to turn things around with a little bit of defensive intensity and varying their offense, right? That's when we started seeing Lube run a little bit more, sp- their spread offense. Um, that's when we started Lube, you know, running Simon more on that 31 push quick. So, yeah, I really want to see them change things up a little bit and uh, just try something new. I mean, you're down, you're down 0-0-2. You know, the, the series is on the line. The season on, is on the line. The championship is on the line. The definition of insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting a different uh, and expecting a different result. Change something up in this one. They have to. They have to, but I don't know. It feels different. It feels different here. Um, it feels different than that Lube. There wasn't really any specific reason for me that Lube series, uh, you know, that, well, they should have been losing that much. Where here, I feel like, there's injuries. There's pretty clear signs of mismatches and things like that. Anyway, uh, let's go on to Poland now. Uh, Zaksa Kajusin Kozle taking a strong start to the series, like like a lot of people expected, let's be honest. Uh, beating Yastrzemski Vegiel 3-0. Um, yeah, where to start with this one? Um Probably the most interesting thing is, I don't know, uh, no Cleveno starting for Yastrzemski. He's been injured. Actually, was able to come in in the third set. So that was interesting to see. Um, also, Tani, Benjamin Taniyudi getting subbed out for Aime Ter- Tervaporti, the uh, the Finnish setter, in the third set too. So, you know, a, a couple of weird lineup decisions for Yastrzemski, uh, Everett. Tony Udik, I don't know. I, I might be able to say it after. What, 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 do, you, what do you think? It, it, do you think he, he should have been subbed out this match? I mean, I think with a, with a guy like Tony Uti, even the best players are going to have an issue sometimes, I, I, I guess. And like they're, they're, they're always not going to play, play their, their best game. And to me, if you've got a guy like Terva Porti on the bench, why not use him? To me, it says, I think it says a little bit more about Terva Porti than it says about Tony Uti. Like I, I like I think this is just a one match thing. You know, things aren't working, the connection isn't there. Why not try him out? And like I've had the opportunity to watch Turvo Porti a lot. I think he's a, a creative setter. He's he's fast. He's got good hands. He's got a good connect, good connection with his hitters. Sure he's a little bit over the hill now, but I mean so is Tony Uti. So yeah, I, I think you know just just you get you gotta you gotta switch things up uh, uh, a little bit. I mean and looking at these numbers like only 32 of uh, percent efficiency here for for JW. Clearly, that connection just wasn't working for for Tony Uti on this one. Obviously, it's a little difficult not having Cleveno out there. We know how, you know, he can kind of just be a garbage can for a little bit for for that junk out there, and he's going to be able to, to to make it work. And 
yeah, it's uh, I, I, I I'm not looking too much into this one to be honest. Yeah. So okay. So here's where I I I disagree with the substitution. I, I watched all of Taniyuki's sets. I watched the game also, and you know I I don't I don't think like he, they're clearly trying to run tempo to the to the wings with Taniyuki, and, and he's clearly run, trying to run a tempo offense. Get you know because those those uh, Saxon middles are so fast. They, they 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 close really well. And David Smith in this one, I think he had six six stuff blocks. Uh, should have been the MVP in my opinion for the match. It ended up being Alexander Slivka. Um, but the, the passing wasn't there for Yastrzemski. They weren't they weren't shanking necessarily a lot of balls, but they you know they were uh, they just weren't able to allow Tony to be in a position where he, where he's going uh, playing like playing the kind of quick tempo offense that we know Ben Taniuti is, is really good at doing, um, especially you know when when he played for Zaxa in, in France. Um, the other thing with Taniuti is that the only he only was able to go through the middle like. Not, I think it was seven times this entire match, including pipe and middle attacks. Like that is, you're not gonna win games that way, especially you know when when really like Yastrzemski. If you think about it, like their only good wing is Thomas Fornell right now with with Klavano out. Uh, like I, I don't really want to rely on Jan Hadrava and Rafael Shishimura. And then my third point is like on the block, they weren't abusing Taniuti. He's actually blocking pretty well there. If anything, they were abusing Hadrava and scoring on him more than Taniuti. So, uh. Don't agree with yeah. the coaching decision. But again. Sorry, where, where are you see where are you seeing these middle stats? Because I, I see that you know uh, Glider got 11, 11 okay. sets, Mi- and Wisniewski had had six. So I mean, Glider had a pretty good day. He was six six for six for. Uh, oh no, sorry, that was that was that's just points. Um, yeah. Attack. Yeah, no, Glider still had had nine attacks. Okay. Wisniewski had had seven. So they're still going to the middle. And I mean, hey, you bring up Rafael Shimura, man. He had a 14% efficiency in, in this yeah, one. Yeah, that's bad. bad. That's really, to me, that's really where they're, miss, they're missing uh, missing Klevno because sorry, sorry. You know, only I, two players in double digit. I'm talking about just Taniuti, not total. Turbo Porti got... Okay, got sorry, sorry, sorry. You're right, you're right. Uh, yeah, but you're right. Shimura was a huge issue. And Klevno, we, like, we hadn't seen him play for a while before this, uh, ended up coming in. And actually played played a few front row minutes, uh, and I, I think like you know okay you only got set once, but you can't like I know he's injured, but like I think that's the only possible hope they have for the series is Cleveno coming in and being relatively healthy. And I love Cleveno; he's one of my favorite players. But the way he's been playing injured is not you know it's not does not give me a lot of hope for your strategy here. Yeah, no, honestly, I've been saying it for a while. Like, I have no hope for JW in, in this series. <laughs> Zaxa just looks way too good. Like, to be honest, we haven't even really talked about Zaxa because it's just kind of business as, as usual with as, as, for them, right? 15 points for Semenyuk, 13 for Kashmarik. Um, like, David Smith was Slivka so good on this list. Nine, nine for Slivka. Like, it's a very, like, the team efficiency ever up at 39%. They're hitting over, hitting over 50, 51%. Like, they're just rolling. Right, yeah. like Zaxa is is in their groove and and they're rolling and they're and they're looking good and uh, I I see this being a sweep for them. I, I don't really see. I like it's going to take a miracle for JW to, to to win a match in this series. I think. I'm I'm hoping for for a, a legendary Olymp- Olympic Cleveno performance, but probably not. Uh, just I saw a funny one in the chat. Tommy uh, from the Discord is is saying that Lube is kind of like the last Michael Jordan team, where they're kind of like you know, the last like big big tournament together before they disband a legendary team which this team is because as we know as we discussed on this podcast before Lube's uh, they're they're unfortunately tearing it up after this season which is crazy to think like after after what after what we just witnessed 
Yeah, but I do think it's for different reasons, right? The the uh, you know Jordan's Bulls got torn up because they had a stooge of a GM who wanted yeah. to do it all himself. And, gross, yeah. You know, obviously they haven't done it done it since then. Whereas I think Lube is doing it for due to budgetary reasons. So uh, a little bit difference there. But I mean, he's he's not wrong when he says that if you factor out the the stopped year for COVID, if Lube wins, like they're on they're on the verge of a three peat here. Yeah, and that hasn't been done since since two thousand and five with uh, or two thousand three to two thousand five with Treviso. So. That's 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 big, and and considering who they're doing it against too, like three years in a row winning against the Wilfredo Leon Perugia led oh, team, like that is incredible. Like we're not focusing on that much, nearly as uh, as as much as we should be, in my opinion. Yeah. So last thing before we end here, guys, just very quickly here, the Turkish Men's League. Uh, you know, I haven't really talked about it this year that much, but uh, Zira Benkasi and Kara. 3-0 against Hogbank, both in this last match and and in the series. Um, you know, Arsen X, Arslan X, Xy, uh, you know, one of the best Turkish shedders. Uh, you know, was a huge, which was a huge part of that uh, win. I mean, it helps have the best domestic setter, as we can see in, in many leagues. Uh, Martin Tanisov, Voter Termat, who is hilarious because he's he's terrible with the Dutch team, but like is somehow amazing on his club team. Um, unfortunately, Everett, our guy Graham Vigras couldn't get it done this series. Um, only four points in the final game. Ooh, that's but, that that hurts a little. That hurts we'll a little. We'll see. Uh, maybe a lot actually. And my Effie uh, Barum, you know, was struggling a bit, little bit too. Nine for twenty. Uh, he's getting better. And I, I hopefully he plays in Italy next year. But he's still, you know, looking a little struggling against some of the bigger blocks. But yeah. Uh, I mean, th- this is exactly what we saw last year in, in Turkey too, with Hulk Bank dominating the regular season, and then Zirap Ankazi coming in in the finals and and, and taking yeah. from them. So, it's a it, 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 it's the exact same recipe as, as we saw last year. Um, real quick, Dan, how much how much longer do we want to dive into Turkey a little bit because we have a minute, less than a minute. No, left let's just end it here, unless you have some uh, amazing analysis or insight. Uh, I think no, we had I didn't. A- I didn't I really I want to go over them. the Italian league today, so um, I think that's I think that's good. Thanks everyone for joining on this chat on you know a little bit of quicker uh, podcast here, but you know sometimes it's good get get our points out efficiently. Uh, Everett, anything to plug before we end here? Guys, make sure to check out the nine by nine next Tuesday, and uh, yeah, no, that's all. All right, game three, Lube Perugia. It's going to be a fun one this Sunday. Hope you all are watching. Join the Discord. Join the discussion. Subscribe to the Volleyball Podcast. Leave a good review. Give a thumbs up, all that fun stuff. And we will see you guys next time. Peace.